Give me something. Ladies and gentlemen, the bad news, the weekend is done and dusted, but that means the good news. Five days in a row, bang, 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 bang. Give me something. The podcast returns. And let me tell you this. We've had some big episodes. We've had some giant episodes. We've had monumental episodes. But today breaks all ground, ladies and gentlemen. This little steam train that just keeps on keeping on up this hill, charging and puttering and spluttering up the hill. It just keeps marching on towards the peak towards the apex, and I think we might land there today, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get to our major, major guests, we've been to the United States, we've been to Victoria, we've been to Western Australia, we've been to all parts of the globe, but we have not yet been to Europe. Today we do that, ladies and gentlemen, and I will announce this big, big guest very, very shortly, who's made our listeners so much money, our followers so much money with his darts, he's been razor sharp. 180, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. But ladies and gentlemen, let's whip around. We go around the grounds and she just keeps getting up at Sparrows. Georgie Parker, g'day. <laughs> Hello. That's a lot of energy, Sugar, and I absolutely love it. It's because I know you're just so excited oh. for today's guest, aren't you? You've not been able to sleep all weekend. Have not slept at all. Uh, this bloke here, I'm looking at him, and if you can't see him on camera, ladies and gentlemen, the Banthosaurus Rex himself. I'm not sure if he's a black zebra with white stripes or a white <laughs> zebra with black stripes, but he's having a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, get around me. Uh, good to be back, Jules Valance. If you're watching, I'm coming for your job. I'm back after five weeks off, uh, and I'm very excited to be uh, to be here with the great man, uh, the Coltrane as well. The Coltrane, that's it. And the man who's just the great tiger of the South. He brings the beanie every uh, morning, ready to go. Paddy Garshagan, Melbourne Grammar's finest. How are you, Paddy? Oh, thanks, Shug. Thanks, you guys. When you said razor-sharp darts, I thought you might have been talking about me. I've been on leave for the last few weeks, just been honing my craft. But, uh, no, excited to get into it. I will be hiding my head with a beanie. Hammy, on the other hand, that's a strange-looking haircut you're rolling in to give me something with. But... It's not about us, it's about the guests. So let's get stuck into it, Shug. What do you reckon? Let's get stuck into it, this young 19-year-old. Now, we're buying shares at Amazon before they launch. We've just found this jewel in the rough, and he just keeps... Unbeknownst to him, he would reward us. He would just win these games as the outsider. We kept putting up the wrong prices, and this young man kept knocking them off. He was knocking them all off. They call him at 19, the king of the castle. Who's been known as the king in the castle at the age of 19, ladies and gentlemen? He's a dual international. Not only is he a superstar when it comes with the dart, he can cook, he's a chef, he's a superstar. And right now he's conquering the Modus Icon Live Darts League and all the way from Herefordshire in England, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, Jared Cole, g'day. Hello, hello. How are we all doing? <laughs> Have you ever had such a big introduction, Jared? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> you got put forth in the queue there, Jared. Just you know, introduced all of us, and then straight to you. Yeah. Oh, mate, how are you? Good, good to good to be waxing lyrical over Zoom 2020 style with you. I know. I mean, considering the circumstances, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm really enjoying life. I'm I'm good. No pressure at all today, Jared. We had Alex Volkanovsky on the show, a featherweight champion of the world when it comes to UFC, and he declared Justin Gatchy. He said, Justin Gatchy, everyone's tipping Tony Ferguson. Justin Gatchy will win. Well, guess what he did? So we know the right people to get. But take us through your journey. 19-year-old, already the nickname King of the Castle. You're talking to these maniacs from Australia. You know, talk <laughs> us through it. Oh, uh, where do I start? So... I've played darts for roughly 16 years now. Um, I picked up my first set of darts when I was three years old. Um, I played county youth at nine and set a record for the youngest ever dart player to hit a 180 on a county youth stage. 
Um, I got. How old were you? I was nine years old at the time. Oh, Whoa. Was it a pub? <laughs> well, it's, just, it's quite amazing that Not you quite. say you've, you've played darts for 16 years when really you've only legally been able to go into places where dartboards exist for a year now. You're only 19. Yeah, I mean, luckily in England, there's a lot of clubs as well as pubs. So <laughs> get away with it. <laughs> Jared, tell me about, like, all these other sports have cross-training. How do you train for darts other than just playing the game? Um, drink a lot of beer. Uh, <laughs> Stay hydrated. Very important. Yep. <laughs> very important. Um, it's, I guess it's just a muscle memory. Like you play darts and you practice, your arm gets used to playing, like throwing a dart the same way. Like, it's hard to explain how to, how we prepare. Like we, throw darts for an hour and all of a sudden we're good. <laughs> Dad, we have a fella here at our office called Hummer. Now, he claims he knows everything in the world. He says dart players train by standing in a black, dark room with no light and just throw at the board and you just continuously hit the same dart. Is there any truth to that at all? Or do you actually light the room and aim for what you're trying to hit? Um, I normally, when I'm practising, I do have a light in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I have played in the dark before and I could still hit some of the things I went for. Just not as regularly. <laughs> do, you, do, you have a, do you have a um, do you have a favourite number to hit? Like, Or are there some numbers on a dartboard which you just can't hit? I, I cannot hit a 10. I always miss it. I can't get, can't get it high <laughs> enough. can't get it low enough. Is there one which is like your bogey number? Um, there's no particular number, but I would say the numbers at the side of the board, just because you're not throwing, it's not about the accuracy, it's about the power in your dart. So with the six or the 11, it's very easy to hit a 14 or eight if you over pitch it. Now, Coltrane, I, I wanted to, uh, to get to the, the showmanship of the sport, darts. So there's obviously a lot of it involved. I noticed your walkout song is uh, <clears throat> Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Uh, wondered, wondered what uh, kind of led to you choosing that song and if whether or not there was another couple on the short list there uh, when you were choosing oh, your song. Oh, God. Uh, so I chose... <laughs> that isn't officially my walk-on song. It was my walk-on song when I first played a professional tournament and that hasn't been changed since. Uh, I chose it just because it's a very upbeat song and it gets everyone going. Like, you know, you want to invite the party atmosphere when you're at the professional darts places. Like, you look at Alexand the Alexandra Palace where they play the World Championship. They're very, very, very... Well, like, it's, it's a crazy atmosphere. Like, the whole room is jumping. I yeah. felt like that was the sort of song that I would help that come across well i was I also walk out to an lmfa as well i go with sexy and i know it when i'm playing darts um, and it really does get the people going so i can see where you're coming from certainly <laughs> does what a tune <laughs> speaking of those big crowds you're used to playing in front of these big crowds and now there's these home tournaments is that make it harder or, or easier because you are used to having thousands of drunk people in costumes behind you and now you're at home with your mum um, in some ways it's easier, in other ways it's not. Like you're so used to all the noise, but there's been nothing. It's like, what's going on? I feel like I'm just in a empty room. It's like, no, this <laughs> like ain't training. normal. Yeah, literally, it's like I'm practicing, but I'm not. I'm playing a professional <laughs> game. I'm like, what? <laughs> what am I doing? 
Well, you, uh, but you, in the other sense, all gone. Now, I was going to say, Jared, um, were you privy to the breakout story a couple of years ago? There was a, a game where, you know, the, uh, it was being filmed, etc., as they do, and there was a fart sound that came through where both the participants <laughs> were, were denying that it was there. Were, were you privy to that story back in the day, making headline news? Uh, I, I did not, but wow, that would have been a story I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity from the announcer there to not drop a big 180 out there after uh, we picked up the audio. <laughs> oh, Jared, oh, have, have you played Ali Pally in front of a packed crowd? I have not. I was about two games away from qualifying last year. Oh, it's yeah. carnage there. I, I have, I, I have been one of those people dressed up like an idiot um, so back like to the now. rafters having a skinful um, at Ali yep. Pally. But Hammy will be able to vouch, vouch, vouch for me here. Hammy and I went to the darts in Melbourne. So which which darts yeah. was it, Hammy? It was the, it was the, the Melbourne Masters. We, yeah, the Melbourne Masters. We had the who's who down there. Um, and we were down in the... We were down in the coalface, down on the tables. We had the good seats and we'd taken a couple of punches. We were... Having good fun, weren't we, Hammy? And you know how yeah. it's like. You, you, you're giving a, throwing a bit of shade up to the people up in the stand saying, you guys can't afford a proper ticket, you know, suck shit sort of thing. <laughs> we probably got about halfway through the night. Now, I'm going to be careful with how I, how I phrase this, but we got about halfway through the evening. And bloke next to us was giving a bit of shit up there. And bloke from up in the, uh, up in the stand takes his shirt off comes down and just drops to the ground and starts sort of snaking along the ground with no shirt on. And he goes through our legs. Hammy and I look at each other going, what the <laughs> Christ is this bloke done? <laughs> and he stands up over next to Hammy. Not, not to Hammy. Hammy hasn't been lipping to him at all. Pulls his Very pants well down and just, and just whacks, his, whacks his member on this complete random person. <laughs> and then the biggest fight oh, erupts out of, out of nowhere <laughs> at the darts. Now, a strange lead into a story, but I want to ask, have you seen some just chaotic scenes in the crowd? Have you seen all sorts of malaise with it all happens in the darts, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I mean, I know a lot of dart players wear noise-cancelling earphones when they play they? just because of uh, a couple of my friends on the tour actually do. I don't personally, but I know that a lot of people do just because it's very difficult to concentrate when three rows behind you, you've got a fight going on and a beer being spilled. <laughs> With two people it's, it's wearing brilliant. banana outfits as well. <laughs> <laughs> Must feel nice to have uh, to, to have people fight over you, though, Jared. Uh, must be said. I'm I'm also told um, in running away from that fight, I, I broke a land speed record here in Australia. A lot of people said I've never seen someone move so fast, uh, so quickly away from something. Um, so yeah, it was carnage there. We, we've got a bit of a habit in Australia of uh, ruining oh, our um, yeah ruining our opportunities to embrace darts. I think we had it at Etihad Stadium one year as well, and they threw all the chairs uh, up onto the stage, and that's a I think oh, we're not allowed to have it at Etihad Stadium anymore. So, well, they stopped, they stopped serving. This is probably about a third of the way through the evening, wasn't it, Hammy? And they, they stopped serving beer. Yeah. So we paid good ticket oh. and we couldn't drink anything. We had to drink H2O. Yeah. Jared, um, I've actually found, I've found the article here. Um, BBC have reported on this. And oh dear. it was two-time world champion Gary Anderson and Wesley Harms. Are you familiar with those two dartsmen? I know both of them, yeah. Yeah, so those were the two that were in the heat of this thing. And uh, somebody was quoted saying, something doesn't smell right. There is nothing worse than a silent fart. This thing could run and run and run. <laughs> and and while, the spot, while the spotlight was on this pair, 
uh, it all of a sudden turned to the caller. They thought this caller, Russ Bray, are you familiar with Russ Bray? Yeah. They, they thought Russ Bray Russ might... Bray's. He could be the uh, the uh, recipient or the, or the person who served up the vagrant smell. Um, oh, lovely. And, and he, he's a strong press conference reported, if the boy thinks I've farted, he is 1,010% wrong. I swear on my children's lives that it was not my fault. And this went, this went on and on and on. And this uh, crime remains unsolved, I'm told. I... I don't know who did it. I, um, I wish I did because it would be quite the story to sell. Could you do some sleuth work for us? Could you go in and ask the boys on the sly? Uh, I won't tell anyone and then come back. I won't say, uh. Just fire up a WhatsApp group, just you three, and just say, all right, let's hear it out. I want, to, I want the right. real answer. What's the best costume you've ever seen, Joe, in your crowd? Oh, oh that's a good question. Uh, I saw somebody dressed up as Peter Griffin. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> That's his day to day work. That's normal work kit, that. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you done your homework, Jared, on uh, Boris Klotsov tonight and also Diego Portello there, a couple of your first matches? Uh, I've played both of them before quite a few times, and it's normally a good game. I mean, I'd like to think if I play well, I should beat anyone, but you, you never know. Like, <laughs> Darts is such a stressful sport. Some days you're perfect. Some days you can't hit a thing. Yeah, it's a bit like you that. Se- you seem to be holding up pretty well here, uh, Jared. But compared to others on the circuit, how does your Wi-Fi hold up? I know a few competitors on the tour have had <laughs> some issues and it's probably hampered their ability to uh, to compete. Uh, I'll be honest. I couldn't actually compete for the first week all because I didn't have an Ethernet port because my Wi-Fi in my house <gasps> is shocking. <laughs> so I missed out on the first week. And I came in on the second week and I was like, right, I, <laughs> I definitely am not disconnecting this time. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just quickly on that home tour, Jared, it seems. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a, a raft of cameras set up um, at each at each competitor's house. There's only really the camera on the dartboard. Is There's no proof of where you're actually throwing from is legitimate. Is that right? Uh, so we're in calls to like our opponents yep. during the games. Okay. So if they wanted to check where we were thrown from, they could. But okay. generally, we, we trust each other. Yeah. But also, I mean, you, you, you practice from that distance. Would it be harder if you stepped closer or took a, fur- a further step back? Would you miss or would you able to, to fit, correct yourself? I don't actually know. I mean, I've never really tried to throw from anywhere apart from <laughs> the correct distance. Um, I'm guessing from further here, away... I'm guessing throwing from further away would be difficult, but you never know. Like, might become a world champion from throwing from 10 foot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good at any other bar sports? I mean, often when you're growing up, the, pe- the kids with a pool table were really good at pool. The kids with a dartboard were really good at darts. I was good at none because I didn't have any. And I'm trying to learn at 31, I'm trying to learn these 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 skills because it's a massive flex to be able to go into a, a bar and hit a 180. Are you good at any other bar sports? Um, I'm okay at pool. Uh, I've not really tried any others. Just I play darts like all the time. That's basically my thing. But I play pool after every now and again. And I and, normally hold my own. And what about if you were in a bar and people didn't really know who you were and someone said, just play a game of darts? Would you just go and... <laughs> And, and I mean, I'll probably play them, but I, I would 
it's hard tennis. to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. hey, First game play left-handed. <laughs> We've got a big opportunity here, Jared. We've got a what very, you, very big opportunity. If you play someone in a bar and they don't know who you are, what sort of format would you play? Would you play around the world or would you play a normal game? Uh, I would I would give them the option because I'll be confident I'll beat them at either. How, <laughs> how, how many darts can you go around the world in? So uh, one all the way through 20 and then outer in a bullseye. Could you do it in 25? I would hope so. If I was playing well, then definitely, like, I would expect myself to. I shouldn't be missing big numbers. <laughs> I think he'd be a bit better than you. Yeah. I got in 31 the other day, and I think it's, I thought I was sort of, I'll be on the tour next week, but <laughs> probably not. Hey, Jared, hey, hey, golf's a big thing in Australia, and, and often we'll play on these charity golf days, and what happens is you're playing fairly modestly, and then the drinks cart comes around, and then you start to be playing really, really good. And then the drinks start to kick in a bit too much and then you start to go bad again. Is there an yep. opportune number for drinks consumed when you're playing darts? Well, that's a very good question because I don't really drink when I play darts, but 99% of professionals do. Um, I would say roughly three or four is yep. normally enough. Depends on the person because everyone can handle their drink differently. I mean, I'm a bit of a lightweight myself, but, you know, like... <laughs> And what do they go with? They go with a big, a big, a big warm pint of Tetley's, or what, what's the preferred uh, weapon of choice over Tetley's there? Tetley's is the... tea, isn't it? Oh, they've got beer. They've t- Tetley's do beers over there as well. Yeah, Tetley's quite big at rugby like, league both. games over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. I'll probably go with JD and Coke. I mean, that's my normal go out drink. So yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Perfect <laughs> diesel. They call that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know about over there, but over here in Australia, the Michael Jordan doco is massive, The Last Dance. Everyone's watching it. And it seems that every sporting code is trying to compare their best athletes to Michael Jordan. So NRL are trying to say this person is the Michael Jordan of NRL, the AFL version. Is there a Michael Jordan of darts? Yes, there definitely is. Uh, Phil Taylor is the name that will come to mind. He's now, a 16-time world champion. Well, yeah, that seems like a fair enough reason to be the Michael Jordan. <laughs> is, is, there a, is there a Dennis Rodman at all? <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you could be that guy. That you could, could be, be the bad boy. Yeah. Head, to Va- head to Vegas for 85 un- unanswered hours and you might be on your way. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> are you... Have you rubbed shoulders with Phil Taylor, used him as a mentor or anything like that in the past? Uh, yeah, I have actually met him a few times. I even played him once. Uh, he did beat me, but I, I held my own. I won a couple of legs. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, anything that you can get in terms of advice from that guy is like gold. You know, yeah. he, he, knows, he knows the game inside out. He's won it all. Oh, on that, how good is your maths? Because you've got to be able to add pretty quickly to know what numbers you're hitting. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Is there a system? How do you figure out what number you want to hit? Um, I guess, oh, I don't even know. My maths is very good. Like mental arithmetic, it's always been a strong point in my, like even my school curriculum. I was awesome at maths. That was my thing. But um, yeah, I mean, you you generally learn what to go for and the roots of how to hit things. So it's uh, just a learned yeah, sort of I mean, skill there. 
Yeah, he's calculating at the moment. Off. He's calculating right now that it's 34 <laughs> midnight over there. So. <laughs> hey, Jared, um, you're, tell us about your chef career and what's your go-to recipe? What's a little trick, a little simple trick you could pass on to our listeners? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, I love to cook a roast dinner. Very English uh, of you. Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> yes, definitely. Got to have a Yorkshire pudding. Um, uh, do you like have cauliflower cheese? Uh, cauliflower sure broccoli cheese? Yep. Sure Add do. a bit of mustard to your cauliflower and broccoli cheese. It's incredible. Beautiful. What sort of mustard are we talking? Hot English? Uh, whole grain? Any 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 mustard? A nice it Dijon, perhaps? Dijon? Yeah, that works well. Good. <laughs> Honestly, really? put a little bit in while you're heating up your sauce. It, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's all it is. Simplicity is key sometimes. Genuinely, adding one ingredient to sink is sometimes more important than adding three or four. So, Jared, can you sell? We've got bets just charging in right now for you to win the day. Four dollars thirty-three. Justin Smith is the favourite, right? Can you yes. just sell to our listeners why today or tomorrow for you? It's, it's today for us. Uh, why tomorrow <laughs> It'll be is today your day. by the end of this interview? <laughs> I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope your press conference doesn't say well, I come last because these idiots from Australia kept me up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm definitely playing well. I've played really well the last few weeks. I've, I believe I can win the day. Hopefully you lot believe in me as well. I mean, yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> win the morning, win the day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just take it game by game and you beat what's in front of you. What is your game preparation like if you're getting ready for such a big match? Um, it depends on the match. Like, If you're playing somebody you know plays really slow, you mentally prepare yourself to play a slower player are you, are you i didn't really know that are you what would you see yourself as a like what constitutes a fast player versus a slow player that just get up and just no mugging around just straight into it i mean i'm quite a quick player once i get into a rhythm i'm quite natural with my throws i literally just throw 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 it's just uh just who's a slow who's a slow player who's the slowest Oh, the yeah, who's the Djokovic or yeah. the Nadal or the Garshagan? Oh, <laughs> uh, big names probably Mentor Silovic from Austria. He is very slow. Mm. Poor Dad's <laughs> etiquette from Mentor Silovic. Hey, why don't you go to bed tonight, Jared? And there's a doco for 30 for 30, it's called The Guru of Go. And, and this basketball team back in the day, they just turned us on his head and they played quicker than everyone. Why don't you watch that tonight? And then tomorrow when you're playing someone slow, just come out, just flying the darts out. Take it <laughs> on. Pick the tempo up. It, it might work. It might not. I mean, because you can't control how quick the other person plays. Like, like in team sport, you can work as a team and throw, play quicker. But when you're waiting for an opponent to throw three darts, they can take half an hour and there's no rules against it. It's like, oh, there's no time limit. So it's hard to manipulate how to make your opponent play you just have to try and control your own game well jared i'm going to let you go out of self-interest only because i've backed you and i need you to have a good sleep <laughs> <laughs> but listen thank you very much for your time i hope you've enjoyed it oh it's been incredible i've loved every minute Thanks if, if you want to come down to australia jared and throw some chairs at a darts arena give us a give us a buzz <laughs> we'll, go and, we'll go and show you how we're doing down here i want to I want to hook up a game where we can play online. He's got the good Ethernet cord now, so we can, we can sort that out. Yeah. No, pleasure, Jared. I hope you can do it for many more years to come. You've got a long 
illustrious career ahead of you. So good luck. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank good you, you, Jared. Thank Here's you, mate. Jared. Thanks. Cheers, at, everyone. <laughs> at Jared one eighty. That's the uh, the Twitter following there. So Jared, Huru, <laughs> mate, all the best. Uh, <laughs> Cheers, guys. So, guys, I think I've made it pretty clear what my bet's going to be today. I'm straight on the Jared Cole train, $4.33 to win it. Uh, Paddy, what are you seeing? Well, I've been blinded by all this darts chat. I was actually wanting to go to Big Brother. Um, just more so to direct the punters that, yes, we do have Big Brother markets available. Um, and you can actually bet on who the winning state will be, where the winner will uh, will come from. So New South Wales, the favourite there at $2.35. Don't think that's really worth it. But you can also bet on will Big Brother return in 2021. Uh, $1.50 for yes, $2.50 for no. So I'm not going to tip you into anything. I'm just going to say that the markets are there. And if you uh, think you've, you've got a little scoop, there you go. What's your read on that, Emmy? Yeah, well, plenty I'll, of preparation gonna, there, Pat. I was just going to say, Pat, uh, have, you got a, have you got a quoted price for um, Victoria there? Um, $3.25. Uh, that, that's money for I wrote. Sure, there's a bloke who's going into the house called Daniel Gorringe. Now, I don't know if you know much about Daniel Gorringe, but um, he uh, was a top 10 draft pick, played for the Gold Coast, a little bit like Fitzy up there in Sydney. Um, right. Never quite made his potential, bit of a jokester, and he's very, yes. very popular uh, online. He's got a lot of followers and quite a funny man. So I reckon uh, $3.25, he could be a very good option. But caveat here, Hammy, is... Pre, Big Brother this year is pre-recorded. Yeah, it's already been recorded. It's actually filmed in Manly, not on the Gold Coast anymore. They're in Manly, wow. and the housemates nominate and evict the other housemates, and then ah. the finale is Australia vote. Okay. A little bit of research. I think they probably get quite sick of him after a while. Maybe it won't be such a good price there then. Yeah. So <laughs> I, my, my tip here is that there are Big Brother markets on the sports bet site. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That, that, how do you throw that in your multi-slip? Uh, <laughs> well, how you, you got the choice. Yeah, well, I've um, Sugar, I want to tell you a look at novelties as well. I want to have a quick look at the uh, at the uh, the Merriam-Webster's Word of the Year ah, yes. uh, market. Now, this one, um, you know, uh, it's, it's 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 a bit of a yardstick of uh, of a moment in time. What are we going to remember this year for uh, for years to come? It's a race in three for mine, probably a race in two. Social distancing at two dollars, all the money coming for social distancing. You can understand that. I don't mind self isolation at five dollars fifty. I think there's a little bit of value there. And the other one that they've uh, thrown in um, at odds, $14, working from home, because um, they're also including the little abbreviation WFH as well. And they like doing things like that. You know, they've incorporated hashtags in the last oh, couple of yeah. years. So um, either of those three, uh, social distancing, you'd have to say, better than bank interest, they're getting your money back. I had a quick note as well on ScoMo's tie. Now, he wears gold and yellow ties, folks when he's got something to announce, okay? When he announced our restrictions, gold tie. When he announced on Friday that we might have a bit of an early mark, gold tie. Um, a, few, a few of my mates have said, look, have you got any mail for us here? And I, I did say that to them, uh, you know, sitting, um, sitting at home in Canberra the other day. I said, if he's got something to say, gold. And you're always getting that at about, today it's $9. I think that the traders don't think he's got anything to announce. Um, but if, if you get a bit of mail or a bit of an insight tomorrow, I'm going to announce something. Yeah. Load up on gold. Otherwise, you're going grey, silver, or blue. He's pretty pretty consistent in that area, but keep your ear to the ground. Announcing something, gold. Has he, he ever not worn one like the NFL bloke didn't? I think when, he, when he's been out on the beat, uh, kind of visiting communities and stuff, it's a little bit, you know, rolls the sleeves up and, and uh, uh, takes, the, uh, takes the button off. Um, 
yeah, he didn't wear one then, and he didn't. He, he wasn't wearing one in Hawaii as well from the footage that I saw. As well. So <laughs> if he's on holiday there, um, he's wearing yeah. his lay. Is, That's right. Is that an option in the market to present? Should get it priced up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Georgie? Uh, well, very topical there. We've gone from uh, politics and Dan Andrew is probably the most important person in your, yours life, having a Patrick at the moment. You're just hanging. Give us salvation, uh, please, Dan. <laughs> you just want to get on that golf course. So we're going over to Arizona where golf is actually deemed an essential business. So unlike Melbourne, uh, it's actually very important there for the running of their country. So we're going to Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona Open. It's a 54-hole comp. There are actually some really big names playing here, a bunch of PGA pros, including who've got there, Kevin Struelman and Alex Chetka. Uh, but Alex look, Chetka going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, there's about four or five of these big PGA uh, guys coming in and playing um, because there's not much else to go on. So they want to keep their good nick, don't they? So Big Kev hasn't been playing much lately. So I don't think he's going to be sharp enough to win. Uh, Joel Darman is another pro that's in this and he won this uh, in 2017. He had a 58 on Friday going back last week uh, at the Mesa Country Club. So he's worth having a think about, but he's a favourite. So just paying the $5. Now, along with Joel, there's Nate Lashy to think about. He's paying $17, so a bit of value there. Now, he's proven to do well after some long breaks because he's quite injury prone. So he has these long breaks over time. So with having a stint on the sideline, he's still quite good and gets good nick. So he's paying $17, so he's one to look at. Or Joel Darman, the favourite $5, who a lot of the, the golf pros tips out there say that he's a good shout. Well, there you go, gang. We've got uh, plenty of tips to go through there. And uh, my wife actually does not listen to this podcast, which is fantastic because I tell her it goes for two hours. <laughs> and at that time, she sends the kids up for homeschooling. So I've got about an hour and a half to myself here. So get on the coal train, folks. For you guys, you very talented hosts out there, have a wonderful week. And for everyone else, most importantly, gamble responsibly. Bon voyage.